today. So this Friday, our one and only new president of our school, <laughs> Reverend Dr. Jack Connell, will be speaking. So do not miss that. Also known as DJ Connell. Also known as Reverend Dr. JC. Whatever you want to call him. The president's going to be here Friday. So don't miss it. Also, if you're on a May Fusion team, one of the, there's only two more weekends for you to do training, so this upcoming weekend is one of those weekends, so if you haven't done that, make sure you get that done. And now, just would you stand and greet your neighbor as we worship? Just stand, greet your neighbor, say hi, tell everyone you love them. Every breath. 
Thank you guys. <laughs> In 2013, there was a movie released titled Gravity, starring George Clooney and Sandra Bullock. Their characters begin as acquaintances, but then they eventually become close friends as their personal stories are told to us through a series of unfortunate events in the silence and environment of space. silence. I could get used to it. That's the line that Sandra Bullock says when George Clooney's character asks her, what is it that you like about being here? The silence. I could get used to it. We all long for silence, don't we, at different times in our lives. There are moments when we really crave it, when the busyness and noise of life seems too much, and we long for the quiet. We long to steal away, to be alone. But being alone is different from living alone. We were not meant to live life alone. Dr. Stone, that is Sandra Bullock's character in the movie, she longs for silence because she's trying and has tried to untether herself from everything and everyone because of the pain of her personal story. This is her way. This is her way. 
of doing life, untethered. But we were not meant to live untethered, both literally in space or metaphorically in this life. We were meant to be tethered both to God and to others. And so after all this flying debris comes her way, she, uh, in a moment of crisis, she becomes untethered from the ship. And she finds herself truly in a moment of silence. Laura, do you, do you copy? Houston, do you copy? Houston, this is Mission Specialist Ryan Stone. I am off structure and I am drifting. Do you copy? Anyone? It would be easy to say, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. It would be easy to say that. In fact, I actually disagree with the way the director did this piece of the movie. If it were me, it would be actual silence. No background noise, no background music to really let it sink in how alone she was, floating further and further away from everyone and truly getting her wish to be in the silence. And in that moment where we see her being more and more untethered from anyone and able to hear anyone's voice, it is born in her this deep desire and longing to be connected. And she says, Lieutenant Wachowski, are you there? Houston, are you there? Anyone, anyone, anyone. It's in that place that she realizes her deep need to be connected. Yes, Lieutenant Kowalski, yes. Yes, Lieutenant Kowalski, I'm here, I'm here. Yes, yes, I copy, I'm here, I'm here. Flash your light. My life, my life. Well, I Oxygen, and we don't want to do that. Uh, we want to relax. Okay, sorry. Copy? Sorry. 
Yes, copy, copy. I'm nearly there. Please hurry. You're gonna holster that torch, Dr. Stone. Sorry. Tether you to me. I know you never realized how devastatingly good looking I am, but I need you to stop staring and help me with the tether. Okay? Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. All right, now to clear you from the jets, I'm gonna give you a little push. No, 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 See? Where you go, I go. Where you go, I will go. Better. This is really one of those first high points in the movie where we begin to see the story unveiled for us. Our scripture for today is back in Psalm 1. We're going to read from verse 1 all the way to verse 4. And I'd invite you to read along with me. The truly happy person, you can read along. The truly happy person doesn't follow wicked advice, doesn't stand on the road of sinners, and doesn't sit with the disrespectful. Instead of doing those things, these persons love the Lord's instruction, and they recite God's instruction day and night. They are like a tree replanted by streams of water, which bears fruit at just the right time, and whose leaves don't fade. Whatever they do succeeds. That's not true for the wicked. They are like dust that the wind blows away. Verses 3 and 4 give us this contrasting word picture of the one planted and the one driven away by the wind. Verse 3 says that the one who walks in the way of righteousness is like a tree by water, bearing good fruit, prospering, flourishing, growing, alive, and it's easy for us to hear that maybe and think, well, I cannot attain that. I am not righteous. But walking in the way of God's instruction or the way of righteousness, let me make this clear. It's not you and me living perfectly. It's not you and me never making a mistake. It's not you and me never making a bad decision or never hurting someone else. That's not the definition of walking in the way of righteousness. Now, those things may be consequences of walking in the way of righteousness. They might be benefits of walking in that way. But living and walking in the way of righteousness is simply you and me deciding that we are going to follow God's way instead of our own way. That is simply it. You and me deciding we are going to follow God's way instead of our own way. And that way is only made possible by Christ and in the way of Christ. 
If you remember from last month in this scripture, especially verse 4, I talked about helping us understand that the way of evil, the way of wickedness, it's not this way of plotting harm or thinking sinister thoughts or conjuring up evil spirits. Now, it might include those things, but when we boil it down, the way of wickedness is simply you and me deciding that we are going to follow our own way instead of God's way. The way of self is my way. My plans, my goals, my plans for my career, my plans for me and my family, my plans for crawling over others and reaching to the top. My way is my ego. It's my attitude. It's all about me and myself. Me deciding what course, what path of life I am going to take. Me deciding how much money I'm going to accumulate. Me deciding, me, my way, my vanity, my pride, my wealth, my power, my titles, me. That is the way of wickedness. In 2003, our family was in central Florida, and we were speaking at a church. We were telling them about missionary life in the Philippines, and it was an evening, a Sunday evening church service. And after the service, the pastor invited our family out to Applebee's for dinner, and so we got in the car with our two children at the time who were ages six and two. So we piled in the car, we met at the restaurant, we had a nice meal together. Our family was seated on one side of the booth, and the pastor and his wife on the other side, so we were facing each other this way. We had finished our meal, and the waitress said, your daughter, she was two, she ordered off the children's menu, she gets a free ice cream with her meal. And so I was happy for Carrie, I said, yeah, great, bring the ice cream. And so they brought a sundae that was already sort of melting and had chocolate syrup drizzled all over the top with whipped cream, and wow, it looked great. And I had been teaching Carrie how to feed herself uh, when she was two, and so she quickly uh, grabbed a spoon and was ready to dive into the sundae. And I quickly grabbed her hand and said, okay, I'm going to help you with this one, right? And we began this sort of tug of war over who was going to dip into that ice cream, right? And so as we're, you know, we, I'm holding her hand and we, you know, fill up the spoon with the ice cream and whipped cream and chocolate sauce. And I'm still telling her, Carrie, I'm going to help you do this with a nice smile on her face. The pastor's looking at us, and, and she's, you know, she's saying, no, me, mine, right? I can do it. And so we're going back and forth, and we're pulling on the spoon, 
And I decided in my mind, okay, I'm not going to do this in front of this pastor. I'm just going to take her outside and I'm going to spank her when this is all over. (laughs) And so I tried to let go of the spoon gently, but she was pulling so hard on it. And so as I let go the spoon and she pulled the spoon, the ice cream went up in the air and hit splat the wall behind us and just began to drip down slowly. And the pastor is sitting on the other side of the booth and he's looking up at the wall and the dripping ice cream. (laughs) My way, I can do it. We had both decided that we were going to do it our way. In verse 4, it says that the person who walks in their own way, he or she is like chaff. Okay, like chaff. Now I get it. No, I don't. What's chaff? <laughs> right? What is, what, what is the writer saying? I don't use the word chaff in my everyday language. So let me unpack that for a minute. In the harvest practices of that day when this was, was written, grain was tossed into the air, and the wind would separate the light chaff, which is the outer husk of the piece of grain, and the wind would blow it away. And the heavier piece of grain, the wheat, would fall to the ground. That's how they would separate the chaff from the grain of wheat. And so the writer here in verse 4 is telling us that the way of the wicked is like the chaff that the wind blows away. The wind separates the outer unnecessary Part and it flies away into non existence. The psalm uses this word to describe the wicked. The person who chooses to do things their way instead of God's way, that decision, it will be their complete undoing. Their complete undoing. If faithful ones are like a tree, planted, rooted, grounded, tethered to God's instruction, then the wicked are like chaff who are blown away into non-existence. The movie is filled with images and words of being tethered to others through telling story. was driving when I got the call, so ever since then, that's what I do. I wake up, I go to work, and I just drive. I think that is my favorite scene in the story because she's 
She's sharing this deep pain of who she is and what she's lived through. And it gives us an understanding into why she has chosen to live untethered. But in this quiet, really somber moment, she shares it with Lieutenant Kowalski. And then that moment, after she shares it, all we see is the tether come into the screen. And we put the two together, that in sharing my story, my pain with another, I become tethered to someone. There are other images like this one and this one that remind us that life is meant to be connected. When you look at this image in the movie, you can't help but see the baby in the womb. And while maybe it's hard to see, no, I, you can see it there. It's this image of even an umbilical cord, right? You see it there. From the moment we were created by God, we were meant to be tethered to someone else. We were meant to be planted, to be rooted, to be connected. We were meant to walk in this way, planted like a tree, connected to God, placed and connected to God and others in this world. And in those relationships is the place where we are planted by a stream that becomes a source of all nourishment for us, that is God. Flourishing takes place not, it takes place because we have decided that rather than walk in my own way, untethered, disconnected, that rather than walk in that way, we decide we will walk in God's way. Our response to the word today is going to be our interaction again with this piece of living art. We're going to take about 10 minutes or so now. And you're going to have the opportunity to come and write your prayer or take a prayer that someone else has left and pray for that person. You have the opportunity to connect with God and with each other today. But I want to ask a few questions first. Perhaps you have already decided in your life that you are going to follow Jesus Christ. But in hearing God's word today, you can see that you've made some decisions. You've slid into doing things your own way. Again, you are wrestling with God over that spoon. And this morning in response, I want to give you this opportunity to write out a prayer of confession a prayer of obedience to God and God's way, especially in this season of Lent, this season in the Christian calendar when we recognize our mortality, our humanness. We are given the opportunity for confession and recommitment and being replanted by streams of water. Or maybe you have been thinking, about the journey that you have been on separated from God or without Christ. And I want to ask you this morning, are you ready? 
Perhaps in hearing the word today, you have decided that this way, this journey, that that is the way that you want to walk on. That you are ready to make that decision of surrendering your way to God's way on the way toward God via Jesus. Jesus, the one who says to us, I am the way. There's no wondering about how to start walking or to get on the journey. He tells us, I am the way. Christ has become the tether for us. Are you in a place this morning to make that decision? I would invite you to come forward and write out your prayer. Your prayer of surrender and obedience to God. Living tethered to God and living tethered to others on this pilgrim way. This decision, it answers some of life's most basic questions. What will I live for in this life? How do I even move forward in hope, knowing my painful story? Who or what is going to provide me with the basic direction for walking one step after the other in this life? There is an old hymn that declares the answer. It says, oh, I have found it, that crystal fountain where all my life's deep needs have been supplied. It is beautiful poetry, this word that invites us and gives attention to God and God's teaching, God's instruction, not just in the Psalms, but in all of Scripture and in the person of Christ and in God's continuing presence and activity in the relationship that he desires with us. A relationship that begins in deciding to follow God's instruction. So I'd invite you in the next five to ten minutes to respond to the word through prayer, through writing your prayers, through reading each other's prayers, and listening to the voice of God.
faithful to your word today. My favorite Lauren Daigle song is Salt and Light. The first two lines say, Oh, the beauty of a king, you make righteous those who seek. We aren't required to be righteous before we take the first step. God makes us righteous as we seek him. I know throughout this school year, in many different ways, 
in Refiner's Fire, in our night of worship, in FCA, in kingdom experience, in chapel, in dorm rooms, in prayer times, in fusion trips, in many different ways, God has spoken to many of you this year. And in response and in God's grace, you have responded to his voice and you've decided to lay down your way and take up God's way. And so next month, on April 17th, we're going to have our final sermon around this series, Via. And we really want to celebrate some of the decisions that you have made. Um, And we want to do that through the opportunity to be baptized here in chapel. So this is for anyone who has made this decision to follow the way of God, the way of Jesus. Uh, Whether you've already been baptized or not, we can talk through that. Um, But we want to celebrate in chapel together what God is doing among us. And so if you, um, if you are interested in baptism on April 17th, which happens to fall on Holy Week, um, a really appropriate time to celebrate dying to ourselves and being made alive in Christ, we're going to end our year and this theme of Via, learning about the most excellent way in a celebration service together. So if you're interested in that, I'd like you to contact me or contact someone in our office. Uh, we We will make that happen. Thank you for being in chapel today. I hope that God has spoken to you in a meaningful way. I'm going to invite Becky Hay to come up and pray our final prayer. Let's pray. Dear Lord, um, thank you that your way is higher than ours. That, Lord, that you don't expect us um, to live a life alone, to live a life untethered. Um, God, I just pray for those moments um, that you would forgive us for the times where we choose our way over yours. God, if we hold on to fear, if we hold on to past hurt, um, if we just hold on to our stubbornness, maybe even a false sense that we just don't need you, that life is okay. Um, God, I just pray for that person that maybe doesn't quite know you, that's still just holding on to their way. And I just pray that, Lord, that they would know that it's your way. It's your way above all else. Um, And God, we just want to praise you and thank you that even though we fall short, our imperfections, our weaknesses, God, that that doesn't get in the way of your way, of your will, um, and that your love just covers us. So God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this community, God, and I just pray that we can go out um, in your hope and in your freedom while knowing and staying rooted in you. Amen. And now will you stand with me and sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all